Amen. Aren't you glad to be back tonight? I'm glad you're back tonight. Good to see you. It's been a good afternoon. I went to a coma for about an hour and a half. <laughs> it was terrific. I woke up thinking, oh, man, what? I, th- I thought it was Monday. I was like, what? What happened? But um, that was some good sleep. And uh, thank God for it. Turning your word tonight to Hebrews chapter 5. Uh, we'll be in verse 11 through 14 and uh, some other places. But we're in a, uh, we're in a time <laughs> that is absolutely different. Uh, it's, it's like none other. You know, people say, well, how would you react? We don't know. We've never faced it. So it's, <laughs> it is what, it's what we're doing. Um, but it's also a time where the saints of God, the children of God, uh, need to make sure that they are preaching, teaching, and proclaiming the word of God and lifting up the name of Jesus and not settling and not being led astray and not getting sucked into even the arguments. Uh, I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if there's ever been a time in history when the saints of God have been so silent. And because we don't want to offend, because the children of God are afraid, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying as a whole, we don't say anything. Or because we're afraid it would be taken out of context. I want to tell you something. When the Lord's moving, the enemy's going to work anyway. And, uh, but let me warn and make sure that whatever we do, we, might, we, we must make sure we do it in love and being led by the Holy Spirit. But right now is not a time to be sucked into all the chaos, all the garbage. I watch people panic for a while. And I've watched people go back into their normal routine. I've watched people call out for the Lord. I'm just talking about, I'm just, I don't even know what they do in their personal time. I'm just talking about like a social media stuff. Call out to the Lord. Cry out for the Lord. Post scripture and post this. And then all of a sudden, go back into their routine. This is how the enemy works. This is how we are sucked into a cycle that is vicious, that will, that will just basically spit you up and chew you out. Right now is the time we need to be pressing in and digging in and seeking the Lord as we have never sought Him before. Right now. I read things that I just kind of find almost comical that they're so dumb. I read things, and I, and I, and I, and I hope you don't take this wrong, but I don't know any other way to put it. And I read them, and my, my instant uh, rebuttal or response to in myself is, uh, and, and I'll, I will, I'm not going to expound on they are a product of public school. Because the history has gone, the history is not truly history, and people think they know and they don't know, and they just spout off. And I want to I wanna, uh, uh, hone in on some things tonight. And it's no different with the Christian faith and with the, with the believers and the saints of God. You have a love for the Lord. But if our, if our knowledge of God and if our knowledge of the Word of God and our knowledge of who He is and what He does is based off only what we eat on Sundays, only what we take in on Wednesdays, only what we put in our ear through the podcast, your knowledge is very limited. First of all, the knowledge that you have must be obtained by the revelation and through the Holy Spirit in your life personally. He will use the word, he will use the anointed word of God preached under the anointing to enlighten your understanding. And as the Holy Spirit does that, once truth is made known, what do you, and I said it this morning, what do you do with it? We had some truth made known to us, brought to our attention over the last week, and guess what? We did. Move forward and not stay where we were. We move forward. So Hebrews 11, uh, 5, not 11, Hebrews 5, 11 through uh, 14. Of whom have, uh, we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. 
For when, uh, for when, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles and oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and have not of strong meat. For everyone who uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them who are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I know that this is not going to be a shout me out of the room. I know, I know this, but I'm going to preach it anyway. <laughs> of whom? We're not talking about Machelzadek. We're, we're, we're not, it's not referring to Machelzadek or Machelzadek or however you want to say his name, but it's rather talking about Christ. Because you got people talking about the high priest. We know there's one high priest, that is Christ Jesus. That is, he is the mediator. He is the go-to, the go-between. That is Jesus Christ. Not talking, not referring to, if you don't know, that they were mixed up in law and they were mixed up in grace. And they were trying to straddle the fence. And they were trying to implement principles and, and ceremonies with grace and mercy. So of whom, and it's not talking again about Michelle Zedeka, but rather it's talking about Christ. So the idea is here that, that there was still much to be learned by the, by the Christians of that day, the Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew Christians. There was much to be learned then, as there is today, much to be learned. Do we understand? We're always learning. We're continually students of the Word. Summer and I started an online, uh, uh, if that's what you call it, Bible study last week, and, and we are not technology uh, savvy at all. In uh, our first five minutes, I was trying to figure out how to share and, and make sure. And, and, uh, but we, we ha I made this statement. We are not scholars of the Word, but we are students, lifelong. We are always to be learning, so of whom we have many things to say. Can I tell you that you should never run out of things to say about Christ Jesus? You should never run out of things to say about the Lord. You cannot exhaust. You cannot run out to, of things to say about Him. So Paul writing, and, 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 he's, and he said this, of, of, I can't say enough. In other, I can't say enough about Him. That's not hard, I'll hit this in a moment, not hard to be uttered, not that I have a problem saying it. I'm having a problem putting it in, in terminology that you can grasp. Because of why your hearing is dull. You don't want to hear the things of God. I've got a lot to say. But are you going to listen? We've got a lot, church. We've got a lot to say. So he was in a predicament, if you will. Not a predicament of a place to say. I've got a lot to tell you. I've got a lot of teaching to do to you. I need to, I need to get this out to you. But first you've got to realize there's a problem. You're not hearing. The, the, the word tells us, he who has ear, let him hear. You are not hearing correctly because you don't want to. So, so uh, it says in hard to be uttered, seeing we're dull of hearing, a, a fear. It was a concern of teaching the individuals again to understand what was said of Christ or what was being taught of Christ and the the reason was the the dull hearing was not the reason that they couldn't hear or too much wax or all of that thing the reason was unbelief do we true do we truly believe what we say and what we sing and, 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 and what we you know what do we truly believe this I mean how many and I, I asked this question with all sincerity and all honesty and I asked this uh, the only way I know how how many have sang the song, He's a way maker, miracle worker? How many have sang, sang that song and truly lied because they didn't believe it? I know they say you are, but do you believe? Jesus asked the disciples, who do they say I am? But he asked a more important question, who do you say I am? And the question is tonight to you, who is he to you? Because if he is not God of, of all creation, if he is not the center of it all, and his finished work is not the foundation and the anchor of your faith, your hearing is dull. I know, I know this is... Amen, hallelujah. Woo! 
apostle style. Ooh, hallelujah. I just, I, I got matched socks on. We, we can shout down and we can go crazy and nuts when you're talking about preaching how, but when we are checked and when he, when he strips us of us and he takes away the, 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 the veil, if you want, or the, or the Superman suit and he exposes us for who we are and it boils down to who do we believe he is? I ain't never preached in my socks before, but I'm going to tonight because it feels good. I don't, even, I, I don't care. I don't care if you don't care. They're clean. They don't stink. So it was a concern. He wanted to get this out. Have you ever wanted to teach somebody something? You ever wanted somebody to get something, but they, they were nodding their head, but they didn't hear a thing you said? Summer can tell you. I, I, she tells me stuff all the time, and I say, yes. And then I turn around and ask her, what would you say? <laughs> oh, man. It's not a real gift that men have. It's just a, uh, we can hear what we want to hear. <laughs> uh, I was talking to Steve Stone, and Steve Stone said, he said, told Nancy, Nancy, if you want me to hear what you're saying, tap me on the shoulder, grab my face, something, make sure I'm looking at you so I will listen to you. Because I can nod my head all day long, and I ain't heard nothing you've said. So, so, so he wanted to teach them, but he wanted them to know there's a problem. I've got a lot to get out. I, there is a lot that we need to learn, but first you must address an issue. There is, there, your hearing is dull. He knew more than, than any other of that time about the new covenant. He knew more about it than anybody else. He knew more about the cross of Christ than anyone else, and he wanted to address and he wanted to bring it to the forefront. And it seems that many of these Hebrew Christians had very little interest in what he was saying. Today the church has very little interest in what, the, what is being taught and preached if it does not tickle their ear, if it does not line up with what they think is right, if it don't make them feel good. Because if, if, if we go to the doctor for a physical, for a checkup, we like it when they say your cholesterol's good, your, your whatever. I don't know what all they check. Uh, obviously, I haven't had one in a while. Uh, it's all good, but, but then, then, then they tell you the bad. <laughs> oh, I didn't come for you to tell me all that. I just, I just wanted you to tell me what was good. So it seemed they didn't really want to hear what he had to say. So it must be understood if, if one is confused in regards to the great sacrifice of Christ. If one is confused and does not have an understanding of what Christ did at Calvary's cross. If your understanding is limited in that nature, then your understanding of everything about Christ is limited. If the foundation's wrong, so is the rest of the building. I don't care how good it looks. I don't care what it looks like. If the foundation is wrong, the rest of the building is wrong. Uh, Terrence, I think we're having a conversation about this going to, uh, where was it going? Oh, Duncan, South Carolina. Right now, there's, they're in North Carolina because of what happened this morning. There's some places got some cracks and sheetrock. And man, they're going to get, people are going to call somebody, and they're going to call, they're going to call a, 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 a Darnell's drywall service. <laughs> I don't know if there is a Darnell's drywall service, but they, that's what came to mind. They're going to call them. They're going to come fix that drywall. And they don't have a drywall problem. They have a foundation problem. We're trying to address what we see. And, and, and we, don't, we, don't want, we don't want the Holy Spirit to address the things we don't even know of. So, so he's, he's trying to take them to the place. To get, I, you need to get the understanding, the foundation right first. Before you shout, before you say amen, before you run and teach somebody else, let's make sure the foundation is correct. Acts 17 and 28 says, For in Him, in who? Christ. <laughs> in Him we live. We sing a song. In Him we live and move and have our being. In Him we live and move and have. And then make a joyful noise. Woo! Sing it to the Lord. We, we had motions to all of our songs. That's all I saw you doing some motions. Take back what he stole. <laughs> you just do it. But if we're here, for in him we live and move, we have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. <laughs> so this teaching was no new encounter for Paul. 
This wasn't anything new. He had addressed it before. He had dealt with it before. He, he had encountered this before. This, why is it nothing new? Because people are stubborn. We want to run to the Lord and we want to things to be addressed only when it will benefit the outcome we think should happen. So the teaching wasn't anything new. It was not a new encounter. We, we just again read in Acts that, that he addressed, the, that's what he addressed the religious folks from or, or at Mars Hill, that, uh, that, that he was in him. We live and move and have our being, not in your ceremonies or rituals. So everything is in Him, by Him, through Him, and for Him. So you cannot, believers of Christ, believers in Christ, you cannot outgrow your foundation. You can't. You can want to, but you won't. It just ain't going to happen. You, you don't know how tall a, a place will be, but you can tell how big it's going to be by the foundation that's put in the ground. When they were building this house across the street, I told somebody, I said, man, it's going to be a pretty good-sized house. Foundation looks pretty, pretty nice. They just need to do something by the yard. They might sell it. But anyway, you can't. $400,000 for, for a yard that's got briars in it. I, I ain't doing that. But anyway, we can't outgrow your foundation. So we need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to the cross. We need to get back to the blood. We need to get back to the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. We need to get back to preaching about repentance. Y'all remember that old song? Is it for him? We need to get back to the basics of a life, a heart that is pure, and a love that is right, a faith that is fervently founded in Christ. We need to get back to the basics. That's where we need to be. We need to make sure that the foundation is correct. For, for years, we've had a water issue in the back. And it didn't leak for quite some time. But when October, when Terrence and Melissa moved back there, it seemed like the carpet always got wet. And for some, quite some time, I thought the water was coming from the roof. But it ain't coming from the roof. It's coming from the foundation. I'm looking for the problem in the wrong place. So we've got to make sure the foundation is right. The, the failure to properly understand the finished work of Christ is the cause of all error and false doctrine. It's that serious. Because if you, you can get everything right about Jesus, but the foundation, but the finished work, and everything is still wrong. You've got to make sure that you understand all error, all false doctrine rides in on the back of truth. But it rides in because our understanding of the finished work of Calvary uh, is, is limited or, or, or skewed. So sadly the church today finds itself in the same position with very little understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. So the consequences is this. It's very easy for Satan to substitute another Jesus. And another gospel. And promoted by another spirit. But it's got Jesus painted all over it. And we'll go buy it. Because they sell it in the Christian bookstore. But when truth revealed. When truth made known. When the Holy Spirit checks you. When he checks you it's for a reason to benefit you. When the Holy Spirit is prodding you and pulling you and telling you not to, it's for you. Not to ignore, not to push away. Do you know that the more we push away, the more that we neglect, the more that we reject the drawing of the Holy Spirit, the harder our hearts become and the more easy it is to sear our conscience. Because if you can push away the drawing of the Holy Spirit, then you can shut out anything. So the consequence, again, it's easy for Satan to substitute another Jesus and another gospel promoted by another spirit. <coughs> just, matter of fact, I just read this. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 4, For if he who comes preaching another Jesus, 
whom we have not preached, if you receive another spirit which you have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. Meaning that if, if the more you listen, the more you engage, the more you encounter, the more you entertain, the easier it is for you to become just like him. He said, and it's hard to be uttered, not, not because the subject was inexplicable. I, I, got some, I got some explaining to do. I can do it. Or that Paul was incompetent to explain it. His difficulty, again, was adapting the interpretation to the capacity of his readers because their hearing was dull. They didn't want to hear. So we can see that the, in the text that the Hebrew Christians had had regressed in, in a spiritual progression. They were going backwards in the, in the spiritual perception. If you, They were going the wrong way. So he was trying to get them not to the place where, hey, look, you, have, uh, you, are, you are going west and should be heading east. He's going back to where the U-turn was made. We want to address... We need to hit that, listen, the problem sin. So through the teaching of, uh, of this, we find that, that the tie between Christianity and, and, and in Hebrews, you find the tie between Christianity and, and Judaism became, it became more and more and more broken. And, and, and because he was trying to get them to understand, you can't live under law and operate under grace. So many Jewish Christians were very reluctant in that day to go all the way with Christ because they wanted to keep one foot in this pool and one in this pool, if you will, or straddle the fence. It's the same today because we want to hold on to the past. Why? Not that we like it, but because it's familiar. Because we know what's there. But when you're trusting in, 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 in the Lord and he's, he's leading you, you may not always know. You might not always know. Faith is not, not what we see. You might not always understand. So it's we want to tiptoe and play both sides. So they wanted again to straddle the theological fence with, with one in the foundation of Christ and the other on the foundation of law. And it will never work. So with that being the case, they were more inclined to to cling to their old associations from the fear of losing them all together than they were to go all out for Christ or I'm all in for Christ. Because if I, if I sell out, if, if I can use that term, then I'm going to be marked or whatever. Oh, he's one of them. So Jesus plainly addresses this issue in Matthew 9, and 9 in chapter, uh, chapter 9, verses 16 and 17. It says, no man puts a piece of new cloth onto an old garment? No man does that. For that which is put in to fill it up taketh uh, from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the, new, and the wine runneth out, and, and the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Here's what's, going, here's what's taking place. We want to put a patch on an old garment. We know in Christ that is not the case. Because we know that in Christ that old man has passed away. And behold, all things are become new, even the garment. Because it once was a spirit of heaviness and now it is that garment of praise. You don't take the old and mix with the new. He don't just give you a patch. He's a whole lot more than that. We like to come and pray for a patch. Oh, Lord, change the situation. Or pray till it feels better. Some, some idea, folks, of praying through is praying till the guilt's gone. Praying till the shame's removed. Because, listen, we put it on ourselves. You know better than to go out and involve yourself in stupid things that you shouldn't be doing. And then we'll come and pray the guilt away as if it's okay. And never ask the Holy Spirit to change us. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit real because I did that for years. But when I began to ask the Holy Spirit to take those things and change those and renew me and to renew the spirit of my mind and, and allow me to be transformed, then things began to change because I was not trying to put a patch on an old garment. 
I wasn't trying to fit new wine into an old wineskin. He gives us all things new. Do not proclaim Christ as your Lord and Savior and go out and live like hell. Because what you're doing is you are the fig tree some are preached about. You're in blossom because you've got Jesus stamped on you, but you've got nothing to offer. Nothing. Why? Because the fruit's dead. There is no fruit in your life. You go all the way back to the hearing being dull. You people hear this word. Hear this word. And I'm telling you right now, I know that the Holy Spirit is pricking some hearts. And you can push all you want. But until you allow Him to change you, things won't change. So that's why we have to deny self. Let that old man remain dead. He has a far greater thing for us than just a patch. He didn't put the new wine into a... He, put, he even gave it a new container. He makes all things new. So that old pulls away from the new. They wanted to hold on to the old and embrace the new. Again, it won't work. They were dull of hearing. They were slow and sluggish to adhere to the truth. Why? Because, why, why was this? Because they were trying to play both sides. It hadn't always been this way. If you go to chapter 6 in Hebrews, says those, uh, verse 4 says, Those who were once enlightened. For it is impossible those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. So he, they were once enlightened. They, were, they had it. You can shout all day long. And you can be enlightened. But if you're not continually being enlightened, i.e. being led by the Holy Spirit, and you begin to do things in your own understanding and operate in your own abilities and your own gifts, and you go the way that you desire, and you're not seeking His will, you have your want in front of His will, then what happens? The, dull, the dulling of your hearing begins to take place. People, I don't under, I cannot, I cannot grasp for the life of me how people can sit under the anointed word of God, being preached by an anointed speaker, whoever they may be, and leave with the same junk they brought in. How? This is how. Their hearing is dulled, and they do not desire the change in their life. They only want to go to heaven. Can I tell you that, you that Christ, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when you understand everything about Christ, you also understand that He desires to change everything about you. Why? Not so that you can just go to heaven, but you can be more like Christ. So that you can bring people with you. I'm not the ticket. He is, but I can point you the way. So this comes about, again, by past and present neglect and a gradual walking away from that New Testament truth. Hebrews 2, 1 through, uh, 1 through verse 3 says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Not, not meaningly. Ever drop something? Not on purpose? Hold on to them. Why? Because it's what you need. Verse 2, For if the word spoken by angels was, was steadfast in every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How, 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 can, how can we get by this if we're neglecting the finished work of Christ in our lives, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by them who had heard Him? So it was their hardening of it was the hardening of their heart against the ministra uh, the, 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 the ministration of the, of the operating of the Holy Spirit. So you go to Hebrews 3, 7 and verse 8 says, Wherefore, speaking of the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. If you'll only hear his voice. 
And not one not just hear it, but obey it and, 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 and be obedient. So how did this problem come about? First, they began lending, lending a listening ear to the unsaved Jew. Why are you asking an unregenerate soul of their opinion of what they think should take place in your life? Why are you not asking the Holy Spirit? Why are you asking for direction? They tell you in school, go talk to the guidance counselor. Because they're going to shape and mold your life. And if they don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior, and if they hadn't asked you what has the Lord shown you and what have you asked Him, then I would, I would suggest uh, uh, going back. We ask people what they think all the time, but are we asking Him what He has? What do you desire? Oh, Lord, what, what would you have me to do? This was Isaiah. You know, I, I'm a, Lord, I can't do I'm a man of unclean lips. But he did ask, what would you have me to do? Here I am, Lord. What, what would you have me to do? So are we asking him that? Are we, are we seeking that direction in our life? Or is it what we want to do? Is it what we think we should do? Because there are people who have been given gifts and given talents and given abilities in their lives. And they don't give a, a flip about what the Lord wants them to do. This is my career path. This is my choice. Can I tell you, if it's not God's will, you will be miserable. I don't care how much money you make or how much fame you gain. If it's not the will of God... You will be miserable. So their hardening of their heart began to take place because they were listening, giving a listening ear to the unsaved Jew who ridiculed Christ. So instead of refusing to hear, not only did they listen, but they continued to listen. So you cannot entertain Satan and commune with the Savior. Hear me closely. You cannot entertain the things of the world and commune with God. Are we awake tonight? There are some of you at a pivotal point in your life. 17, 18, 16, whatever, 19. You're entering into this phase of life where it's going to shape the rest of your life. And you made decisions and you're making decisions. You're going to have to make a decision. And I can tell you if you are not seeking the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, that whatever decision you made already is wrong. Well, my mama wants me to do this. Well, mama ain't God. Well, my daddy said this could be my career path. Your daddy ain't God. They want the best for you. But are you, are you seeing? He can't speak to his house. Sure he can. Sure he can. He used them all throughout the word of God. But we want to force and focus and think, well, we know what we, listen, I, I, we should help nurture and shape. I'm not telling, don't parent, parent your child, yes. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be, what things? All of them shall be added unto you. All of them. Man, I don't know why I'm staying right here, but I know in school they ask me, and I'm like, I, man, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> I just want to have fun. That's not a career option, unfortunately. <laughs> if they had a, I would, be a, I would get a master's degree in that one for sure. But anyway, you can't entertain and, and, and Satan and commune with the Savior. If ear is given to the lies of false doctrine, the heart will soon follow. This is why it's so important that you know what you're paying attention to and listening to. We addressed this earlier today. You've got to know what you're engaging in because if you give ear to it, the heart will soon follow. Because if you hear it enough, then you're soon going to listen and you're going to follow that. Little leaven... What does it do, Noah? <laughs> he was listening. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> it does. So it's all orchestrated by the devil to generate one, one thing, unbelief. So if the first leaven of unbelief can be planted, then leaven will do, then do its work, and it will ultimately engulf the whole thing. Don't take much. How much red Kool-Aid you got to pull in a, pour in a, 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 a pitcher of clear water to make it red? <laughs> you don't say hard none. Man, we made some, we made sugar aid when I was growing up. We had like, <laughs> if you didn't stir that thing up and you drank it to the bottom, I'm, you were, you were, 
almost going to die. <laughs> it was like this much sugar on the bottom of the picture, and then it was the rest was Kool-Aid. But I didn't, that don't matter, but uh, whatever. <laughs> Those are some good, man, some fun days. Kool-Aid. My mama had a little yellow thing that had sugar in it. That was fun times. I spilled it everywhere, and she would always fuss. But anyway. But it's the little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Or, or when you begin to let unbelief creep in, a little bit of unbelief will engulf the whole of you. And when it starts to happen, we as individuals in our flesh, in our all-knowing and all-knowledgeable selves, we think, I got this. Ain't going to get me. I ain't falling into that. I'm good. How many times have you, have you promised God, I will not do it again? I ain't going to do it again. And then that song becomes true about you. You'll do it again. Yes, you will. <laughs> you will. You don't want to, but you will. Why? Because you're trying to perform. This goes all the way back through Romans, and I ain't got time to preach all that. But you're going to do it again? So it's all orchestrated to create and bring about unbelief. So once a believer knows the way, because that way is scripturally sound, John 14, 6 is the way, Christ Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's the scripturally sound way through it is Christ. Then they should refuse to listen to lies. Don't listen. Anything, what is a lie? Anything that contradicts the word of God. Well, it's almost there. I've said it again. A half lie is, or half truth is still a full lie. So if we know something is not doctrinally and scripturally sound, no matter how good it feels, no matter how good it makes us feel or good it sounds, we can't entertain that. Why? Because if we do, eventually our, our hearing will become dull and our heart will follow it will. So, so when false doctrines are entertained, your spiritual hearing becomes dull and you will no longer hear correctly. Verse 12 of, of, of Hebrews 5. <coughs> For in the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that once, <coughs> that once teach you again, that, uh, which be the first principles and oracles of God and are become such as we have need of milk and not of strong meat. I might, I might go minutes longer than normal but it's all right the idea is they've been living for the lord long enough that they should now be teachers of the word not being reminded not being brought back to the principles not being brought back to the basics if you've grown up in church the church should have grown up in you if you've been sitting for just i mean a month Two months, three months, a year under the anointing, teaching, and the, and the preaching of the Word of God. That Word of God should have been growing in you. So you should not be having to take them back to the very basic principles and oracles of God because they should not be sucking the bottle right now. They should be ingesting steak, meat, the meat of the Word. Again, the meat of the Word is not what many folk think and what many folk preach. The meat of the Word is not the operating and moving of the gifts of the Spirit. The meat of the Word is the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit ought to be evident in your life. You shouldn't have to be running back to the altar every single time. Lord, forgive me for the same thing over and over and over. Because the change should be taking place already. And if it hasn't, it's because the hearing is dulled. Why is it dulled? Because our foundation is incorrect. Oh, it sounds good. I know what to say. I know what to do. That's great. But is it taking place in your life? That's just like resumes, man. Those things are great. And they have resume builders and people lie all the time. And we had dudes come out to work, and I don't know why the office hired them, but they would hire them because their resume looked good. And I knew within five minutes, this is a lying joker. He don't know nothing. And I would have fun with it, but uh, I probably shouldn't. But anyway. So, 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 
so uh, they should be teaching the idea again. They should, they should be not being taught again. We are continually students, but they should be teaching the Word. We'll always be a student, but we should also be teaching it. If you're 15, 16, 17 years old, 18 years old, you shouldn't be sucking the bottle if you've been brought up in and under the Word of God. You should be teaching it, preaching it, speaking it. Why? Because it's in you. So they needed to learn again the first principles and oracles of God which pertain to the old law that what it actually meant. If they would have actually understood the law, then they would have actually understood that Christ fulfilled it. They didn't even understand what, what they thought they did. They didn't understand what they thought they were living by. Just like many Christians today don't understand true, the true redemptive work of Christ in their life. Because if you did, then you would turn away and you would be ye separate. You wouldn't find yourself changing shirts before you went to the party. Oh, I gotta take my, I gotta cover my lakeside shirt up. I gotta cover my. It's got a scripture on. They can't see this, cause then the guilt will be there, and I can't go in there and do what I wanted to do. Oh, don't act like it don't happen. I know what happened. You wouldn't even go. You wouldn't even entertain the thought. It may come, but you'll deny that and you'll push it away. Don't act like it don't happen. You go on vacation. Listen, here's what I did. When I went to, when I went to grad week, I'm not gonna, I didn't do anything really crazy, but when I went, I knew one thing I was not going to pack. It was not going to be my shirt that said, Real men love Jesus, or anything about Jesus. Because I just wanted to be free. I wanted to be, woo! But the Lord had different plans for my life. I had fallen in love with a young lady. Woo! I'm still in love with this young lady. And I left early the beach because I couldn't do nothing but think about this young lady. Woo! Foxy. <laughs> but thank God for that. But how shameful for me. Why? Because I didn't want anybody to know. Listen, it still takes place, and I ain't the only person that's done it. But we'll always be, again, a student of the Word, and we shouldn't have to be learning the things over and over and over and over and over and over. Because once we take hold of the Word of God and the Word of God takes hold of us, our lives will begin to change. So the mirror is there. The law is there. And then it is still there to reflect who you are. This is what the Word of God does. But it goes beyond that. It changes the reflection. It changes who you are. The law can only show you, the law can only show you what you are. What you should be cannot change you. So the grace and mercy of God, the redemptive work, the power that's still in the blood can change you, transform you. So you can see the same reflection, but no, that ain't me. That is not. This person now don't look and see and hate what they see. Now they see the joy of the Lord, that spring of, of life bubbling up within their soul. They see that work and operating and moving of the Holy Spirit. So they were babies in the Word. They were newborns and they had been saved, they had been saved long enough that now they should be teaching the Word. The, the problem isn't a lack of teaching. Even today. The problem is not a lack of teaching. It's not a lack of resources. And in fact, today there are more resources available than any other period of time in history. It's not a lack of even teachers. The problem is what's being taught. That's the problem. For the last several decades, the teaching have majored in faith. But the faith was preached and taught wrong. Again, the issue isn't even in faith. It's where is it anchored. But you've got to have faith. I mean, one will tell you if you have enough faith, you can, you can wish a, a Cadillac DeVille. I don't know if anybody wants a Cadillac DeVille. <laughs> you can, you can, it'll just happen. So it's the object of faith, and that's what's been wrong. So if that's been wrong, and that's been believed, and that's been held on to, then the hearing is dull. <coughs> so why is the most simple thing the hardest thing to understand? 
His work is finished. I can't, you can help him. Can one come to Christ in a place that's preaching a false doctrine? Sure. Because wherever there's a seeking heart and a searching heart, they'll be found. But will that searching soul that has been found grow in the ways of the Lord where that doctrine is continually being taught? No. It can't. Because it will not be nurtured. It will not be, it won't be corrected correctly with the word. So error cannot produce truth. So there are so many who call themselves Christians, they are spiritually, they're spiritually dull, they're spiritually inept, they're scripturally illiterate, and they don't know the difference between truth and error because they choose not to. Why? Because they do not spend time seeking the Lord. If it looks good, sounds good, hears good, it must be good. No. Reese cups. Let me clarify, and I ain't going to make a mistake, Little Debbie Oatmeal Cakes. <laughs> Last time I said Little Debbie was looking good, and I forgot to put the oatmeal part in there. <laughs> oh, y'all remember now. <laughs> They look good, but they're not good. They're not good for you. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15 says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is, not, it is no great thing of his ministers also to be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, who in shall be according to their works. Don't think you're smarter than the devil. The end of verse 12, it says, And they are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. These Christian Jews were torn between faith and works. So the great hindrance in the pursuit of Christ is when people attach traditional religion, ceremonies, when they attach that to the finished work of Christ, then this becomes an, a barrier between the soul and God, what He desires to move in your life, in essence, you are rebuilding the veil. Why? Because you think your things, your ceremonies, your acts, your rituals, your showing up to church is going to do it. Eh, not happening. So then the heart is easily deceived because it rests in religious ceremonies. It rests in things that you know. It rests in the sacraments. And they are particularly dangerous. They are particularly dangerous and detrimental when those things are absolute ordinances of God. What do you mean by that? When they are scriptural. When they are doctrinal. But your faith is not in the scriptural and doctrinal things. Your faith is in the finished work of Christ. Not the baptisms. Not the, not the tithing. Not the gathering together. Not the worshiping. And none of those things. They are in the finished work of Christ. That's where the faith is anchored. So things that are truly of God are, 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 are we, we make those things law. The water baptism, the Lord's Supper, the reading of our word, prayer, fasting, but those things being turned, they've been turned into works. It's easily done. Read, tell yourself and make yourself, a, a, I'm going to read the Bible through in a year or, 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 or two weeks or seven, whatever it may be. You find yourself, you will find yourself, if you're not careful, checking all things. How many of you got a Bible app on your phone? How many of you got the plan on there? And you go on that plan and you skim through just so you check it off. Because it'll it remind you. It's been seven days since you read the Word. You might not have read it on your app. It might have been read in your but you're like, oh, dang. Let me go back here and check this off because I feel bad. Because this thing's probably going to tell somebody. <laughs> what if it's posted on social media and all of a sudden the pastor's Bible app says it's been 32 days since you read me? Well, I didn't read it on my phone. I read it in the Now I've got to go back and check it. I didn't even read it on there. This is how easy, and I know that sounds stupid, but it can become that easy to you. I've got to check it off. 
So the work of Christ is the finished work and nothing can be attached to it. Our faith must rest exclusively in that sacrifice, in that finished work. So the term milk is like a newborn baby. Its stomach is unable to ingest, to take and, 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 and get rid of or, or ingest or, or digest solid foods. It, it's, just, it's not ready for. So what we're trying to do is get people, and I don't want to stay here long, but we're trying to get people baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues before we even know they're saved. We're trying to, we're trying to put a roof on the house before the foundation's been laid. This is an Acts, we're an Acts 2 church, yes. But, 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 but we're, we're preaching it wrong. We're building the house backwards. We need to get down to the foundation first. We need to make sure you understand the redemptive work of Christ. We need to make sure that it's understood how powerful the blood of Jesus is. And we can't fully grasp that. But what we want people to do is jump ahead before they understand they're planted. So too many Christians are still in this milk stage. Strong meat consists of the believer learning and thereby understanding all that Christ did for us at Calvary and His resurrection. It's impossible to exhaust the things of God. It's impossible to learn of all the things of God. It's impossible to fully have the mind of God. Because His ways aren't ours. His thoughts aren't ours. He will enlighten the eyes of your understanding and He will let you know. I mean, it is amazing. But we must ever press toward the mark. And when we do, we'll go from faith to faith. Not from faith to failure, back to faith. Are we here tonight? We've all been there. We've all went from faith to failure. Oh, God, I don't want to do it. I'm going to go back to faith. But when we are planted and we were truly being changed and transformed and the Holy Spirit is just wrecking your life. You're moving from faith to faith. Oh, this faith might be a mountaintop, but this one might be a trial. But you know it's an opportunity for God just to do it again. There's a difference. I'm not going to stay there. But anyway, for verse 13, For everyone who uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. They were, they were on an elementary diet of the word. Grace always moves forward, and so should you. You know, when I got to high school, man, I didn't have to learn that I need to, if I had a, if I had a, 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 a 10 minus 11, I didn't have to be reminded that I need to borrow from the 1 to make this 0 a 10 so I could get what I need. I already knew that. But we're, we have a lot of Christians, and they're Christians. They're believers, and, and they're on their way to heaven. Praise God for that. But they're on an elementary diet of the word when they should not be. They should have moved. You're always going to need milk, but you need meat too. When you should be growing and moving forward. You won't find yourself continually screwing up, if you want to use that term. A lack of spiritual growth is always caused by something. If things go right... If things are sought right, and what I mean is the will of God in your life and the Holy Spirit to have His way in your life, if those things are put in order as they should be, then all things will begin to change. And it might not be in sometimes in the way you think they should. So it's, it's sin, it's self-will, it's apathy or false doctrine that hinders the moving and operating of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So what are we listening to? What are we giving ear to? Even if it's on Christian radio, make sure. Even if it, it sounds good. It, I know what I mean by it. We want to justify. Change and twist. So in, in, in this case with the Christian... Jews, it was self-will and it was false doctrine that was leading them astray. Unskillful in the word of righteousness. Again, it's not what you can do, but what has been done for you. Righteousness doesn't come by the law. It's by Christ in His finished work. Not meaning unskilled that you couldn't produce righteousness. You can't. It's impossible. 
Verse 14, but strong meat belongs to them who are full of full age, even those who by reason of use have the, their senses exercised to, to discern both good and evil. Full age doesn't mean you're 33, doesn't mean you're 52, doesn't mean you're 19. And wisdom does not necessarily come, wisdom does come with age, but not in spiritual sense. Because there are 90-year-olds that are drinking milk, and then there are 10-year-olds that are eating meat. This is how the Lord, the Lord works. So, so strong meat is the, is, the, uh, is the word of righteousness, which is the meaning of the, of the cross of Christ, if you will, full age again, and, and not numerically, but those who have a proper understanding of the word of God. And it's only when we realize and understand the finished work of Christ that we can have a proper discernment in regards to good and evil. And we have to exercise our faith and trust even when it don't make sense. So that we exercise to discern both good and evil and not just say, oh, okay. That's the first church or the second church of Timothy the third. I'm going. I'm in. Hey. I, I wish every church that was on every corner preached the truth. I wish they did. And can I, we're not the only church that preaches the truth. But every, everywhere that looks good is not maybe good. Are you exercising? But some people can't discern good and evil because they've never went from milk to meat. They just say, okay, I'm in. So I want to encourage you tonight, and I know it's a different type of message if you wish, it's a gospel, not to settle. But to continue to hear correctly. To have the eyes, uh, or, or to have the, uh, your understanding enlightened. Can you put Ephesians uh, 1, verses 17 through 19 up there? And I'll, I'll close with this. Singers and musicians, if you want to come. This was Paul praying for the church of Ephesus. And I encourage you guys to make sure you mark this scripture down. You, I encourage you to pray this. Verse 17 through 19, Paul, praying, says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, in Christ, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of His glory and His inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power. This should be prayed in our lives every single day. God, change me. Move me from milk to meat. Lord, don't let me have to go through the same things again and again and again. Lord, if my hearing is dulled, I'm asking you to sharpen it. Lord, if there's anything that be in me that is hindering you working and moving in my life, will you remove it? He will. But will you ask? I want you to stand tonight and I encourage you, all of you, to ask the Lord to search your heart tonight. If you become here to the altar, I encourage you to do so. Because He desires that we hear Him correctly. Go ahead.
Why would you go back to just the basics? Go back to the reminders of what we need to be mindful of and aware of because I, we, when I say we, some of myself understand how easy it is to be sidetracked with good things. I encourage you strongly. Stay rooted in the Word and ask Him and pray. Ephesians 1 72. Pray it over yourself. <coughs> that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened for your benefit. Because there is a dying and hurting and lost world that needs Jesus. And we better make sure that we're preaching and giving the right one. And if you're preaching the word, you are. But if you've strung him up to be somebody that you don't know, it's the wrong one. Monday, more of you Mondays tomorrow. Tuesday prayer. Wednesday service so on and so forth. Get yourself a calendar out there or a bulletin that's on all other things in it. But be an encouragement to someone this week. Lift up the teachers and students. And uh, just keep moving forward. Keep marching on. We love you guys. Lord, we thank you for your words. Thank you, Lord desire to continue to change us. Thank you, Lord, that you, you care enough about us that, that you desire to, to remove all things that are bad and let us grow in you. Well, we ask that you would have your way in our lives in this church. Continue to lead us and guide us and give us wisdom. That we would never build a, a dynasty, but Lord, we would be just desperate to build your kingdom. God, let us be desperate for you and let us share you wherever we go. I ask that you would keep us safe until we come together again. Thank you, I honor you, and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you soon.